You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Four One Fivers. We have only one subject every time. All the time. You're San Francisco 49ers. I don't know the facts. News, analysis, and a whole lot more. From lifelong San Francisco residents, what a bonanza. Your hosts, Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. Ah, yes, yes, yes. It's the Full One Fibers podcast. Joe Shasky. Bonte Hill is not available. We are in Boston right now. I'm recording from the hotel. The NBA Finals. Bonte's got TV work till 3 in the morning, and then we had our radio show first thing in the morning. So he will not be on this episode, but I trust me, as soon as these finals wrap up, he will be back on the pod. So much to talk about in 49er land. The 49ers have had mandatory OTAs. There was obviously some rookie camps that have happened, some retirements that have happened for current players, former players, John Lynch news, and then, yes, we've got some more in the developing case of the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. So let's get right on to it. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Remember to hit subscribe, Bow and Fivers, wherever you find uh, podcasts, wherever you like to find your uh, your content these days. We're on the Odyssey app. We're on iTunes, Spotify, you name it. Hit subscribe, rate, review. If you got a question for me and Bonte, put it in there. You know, put it right into the feed. Um, uh, as you as you comment along, follow us on all social media things, Bow and Fivers pod. Let's get right into it. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, and the 49ers uh, have basically said to each other, hey, it's all good. You don't need to show up to the mandatory mini camps that are going on right now, which obviously has a trickle-down effect. You got Jimmy Garoppolo having the, the shoulder surgery in the offseason. He hurt his thumb. He hurt his shoulder. He elected to have surgery about a month or so after the season. And so with all of these uh, mandatory camps and things that are going on right now, I think it was best, um, and the organization said so to Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, it's okay, bud. You don't got to show up. And and I think that's a good decision on everyone's behalf, both John Lynch, and we'll get to him in a minute, Kyle Shanahan for Jimmy Garoppolo for his sake, and obviously for Trey Lance. We'll get to that in just a moment. But Jimmy Garoppolo is due to obviously make a ton of money right now this year, unless that they can move off of him, uh, the 49ers that is, if they can either work out some sort of a trade where they eat some of the money, maybe there's a release and a $7.5 million bonus that they would pay him out upon said release. We don't know. He can't throw right now. He's still rehabbing. And so to have him just show up to the facility and create the kind of circus that that has all in itself, probably best for everybody for him to just stay away. So I'm okay with that. I have no issue with Jimmy Garoppolo not coming in. And what that has done to our guy Trey Lance, if you're a 49er fan that believes in Trey Lance, is that's given him all of the responsibility, all of the autonomy to kind of run this entire team and run these practices and soak up those reps. 
This is a valuable time for him to earn his spot as a leader amongst these players. You're hearing lots of guys like Trent Williams and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk speak about the, the maturity level of Trey Lance on the offensive side of the ball. Then you're hearing from the defensive guys, Jimmy Ward and Nick Bosa. Different people say, hey, you know, uh, he looks fantastic in practice, and he just looks like a totally different guy from year one to year two. We know that quarterbacks from year one to year two take a massive step forward. At least that's what the the progressing ones hope. And so this is a valuable time for Trey Lance to get kind of a full run. And then just from a standpoint of, of work in different situations, industries, environments that I have over the years, there's nothing worse than the guy that you're going to hopefully replace standing amongst your peers and still being buddy-buddy chums with them. And so I think there's something to be said for Jimmy just not being there right now. And I think that's giving Trey Lance an opportunity to develop early returns on Trey Lance at the OTAs is that he's in full command. Obviously, there's been a lot made of his throwing. He addressed that, said, hey, you know, me and Kyle really don't talk about my throwing motion. I've worked with my throwing motion with my quarterback coach down in Southern California. So that's a good thing because even Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you know, these guys are in year 15, 20. They're still working on their mechanics. So that's a good thing. But Trey Lance apparently looks really, really good. Now it's seven on sevens. It's not what we expect for real training camp come late July, early August, but this is a progression for him. He's threading the needle apparently in the red zone practices and drills. Looks really good. He completed a couple of 40-yard bombs uh, by all accounts. Now, a lot of the uh, seven-on-seven drills can't be recorded, so we're not seeing some of this stuff. So you're hearing it secondhand from a lot of the beat writers that I trust. People that I've talked to in the building are telling me the kid looks very very polished and very refined. And of course there's going to be some growing pains. Um, he's still working on, on throwing spirals. I just want everyone to know about the spiral thing. Peyton Manning played 18 years in the NFL at arguably the highest level that you can at the cerebral level and threw wobbly ducks in his entire career. Now I expect Trey Lance to clean that up. You'd like to throw a nice tight spiral, but uh, as you learn touch nuance, as you rework your mechanics, the, the fundamentals of throwing the football, I expect him to clean those things up and there's going to be some growing pains, but I think this is a valuable time for him to earn his respect of his teammates and then just obviously get all of these live bullet reps with Brandon Ayuk and get it with Danny Green and obviously the new guy that they got who's emerging after having a big breakout year last year, Juwan Jennings. Sounds like Juwan Jennings looks really good. I've heard Ayuk looks really good. But I just think for, for Trey Lance right now, with Jimmy Garoppolo not in the building, not on the field, I think this is a really good thing for everybody involved, all parties involved. And I think this allows Trey Lance the opportunity to naturally win over his teammates through his hard work and play, but also not have to look over his shoulder and worry about something that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo says or how his teammates are reacting to him or whatever. So all things are very good when it comes on the quarterback front. But one of the other interesting things regarding the quarterback, and we're going to get to some of the other elements of who was at practice, who wasn't at practice, who looks good, retirements, John Lynch being offered a lot of money. One of the things that I noticed uh, with the quarterback thing this week is that Deshaun Watson, all of the allegations are resurfacing. More people are stepping forward. There's a lot going on with the Texans and their culpability, obviously them giving him uh, non-disclosure agreements. I don't want to get into the legalities of whether or not Deshaun Watson did whatever. What I want to get into is the team that acquired Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns, is kind of in a horrible situation right now. They don't have any first-round picks for the foreseeable future for trading them away for Deshaun Watson. They have Baker Mayfield who wants out. They're trying to shop him. 
could Jimmy Garoppolo be a landing spot for the Cleveland Browns? Are, are we sure that they just are going to, you know, say screw it and roll with just Deshaun and Baker? Like, it feels like Baker's gone. I, I'm just – that's a team I've read I've red flagged, and I'm saying to myself, could that be a logical destination for Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it be via a trade because they don't have a lot of assets. I highly find that doubt. I find that highly doubtful. Or whether that could be, you know, they release him and that's where he ends up landing. It's a situation that I've red flagged and I'm going to be monitoring. There's no doubt about it. I want to see what happens with the Deshaun Watson thing. They gave him a ton of money. They surrendered a ton of draft picks. They don't like their current quarterback. What are they going to do if Deshaun Watson is suspended for an entire year or maybe more? Um, The interesting thing there, obviously, because Calvin Ridley got suspended for an entire year because of gambling, would they go more harsh on Deshaun Watson given – there's like 50 people coming forward and saying that this guy's a sexual predator. I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell. So the Jimmy Garoppolo saga for right now is on pause. It's on ice. He is not at the facility. He's not on the field. This is allowing Trey Lance an opportunity to grow. Early returns from the people that I trust. Trey Lance looks really good. He's building rapport with his wide receivers. That's a good thing. But before we continue on, when it comes to 49er quarterback play, one of the most important things for any quarterback, be it Jimmy, Joe Montana, Trey Lance, and every quarterback in between, who is going to be your offensive line? Now, I'm looking at it right now, and you heard later uh, earlier this week that one of their, their stalwart veterans, one of the old-school veterans just in the league, not with the 49ers, Alex Mack is retiring. The Cal product you know, basically spent a dozen-plus years in the NFL – Brought in as a free agent. We thought it was going to be about a one- or two-year deal, depending on how long he wanted to play. Uh, He did a pretty good job last year. I thought he held up very well. Uh, I thought he held up very well at the center spot. It gave them a veteran. It was a spot that was a glaring hole for them in 2020. And I think they really missed Weston Richburg going back to 2019 when he got injured. And it was a spot that I didn't know how they were going to uh, react to, whether Alex Mack is going to come back or not. They didn't address it in the the draft, so I didn't know what to think. But it's definitely something that it's worth – paying attention to if you're a 49er fan. Now, just to give you an idea, over the last three years, and this is from Leo Luna on Twitter, pressures allowed by 49er centers the last three seasons. In 2019, Richburg and Garland, they had 1,000 snaps. They allowed 18 pressures. In 2020, Brunskill alone, 1,000 snaps, basically. 31 pressures. Last year, Alex Mack, over 1,000 snaps, only 12 pressures. That goes to show you how good he was by the rankings of PFF. Now, we know they had a revolving door of quarterbacks in 2020, uh, and but 2019, they had a pretty good stability. Alex Mack really solidified that position. Now, Brunskill did have quality snaps at center, but the body of work uh, with him at right guard, eh, I don't know. I think they might keep him there. I don't know who's going to be that backup center. I don't know who's going to be that starting center right now. So that's a position I'm definitely going to be monitoring because if you're going to start Trey Lance, boy, that's a tall ass to have a young 20-something-year-old quarterback with an unproven center. I really wanted Alex Mack to come back. He's been a great football player for a long time. It's his choice whether he wants to retire. But I'm looking at that offensive line and I'm saying, all right, you lost the left guard, Lakin Tomlinson, in free agency. I, I lost Alex Mack due to retirement. 
That's two holes on this offensive line. McGlinchey got hurt last year. That's another spot I don't know. So you could have essentially three new starters on that offensive line if Brunskill stays at right guard. Just a lot. It's just something to monitor. It's something to pay attention to. And I just that could be, you know, one of those things that could really derail this organization, could derail Trey Lance's development, or maybe they're so damn good and so damn awesome at at, at offense this year that that's something that doesn't become a story. I don't know. I don't know where we're at. I got to see where we're at in about a month or so when I get down to training camp to monitor. But that's definitely something to look at. Before we continue on, another person who could help the quarterback, no matter who it is, Debo Samuel showed up. After all the saga, all the drama, all the craziness, the trade demands, oh, they're going to move him on draft day. Debo Samuel ends up showing up to 49er training camp. And this was very, or, or I guess, mandatory OTAs. And this is important to me because they were so far apart a month ago. It felt like, oh my God, during the draft, could the, tra- the Jets trade for him to have him? show up, be on the same page as John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, communicate with them, show up, be the rah-rah guy on the sidelines, run some, some, you know, I guess sprints on the sidelines in 49er gear. To me, it was like, hallelujah. The last thing I want to do is go into this season with Trey Lance under center and no Debo Samuel. This is one of the best players in the NFC last year. Clearly this team's MVP on the offensive side of the ball. I want all the weaponry, no matter who's under center, I want all the weaponry I could possibly have. So you look like you have the most dynamic weapons that this organization has had going back to Hurst, Rice, Owens, like early 2000s with Jeff Garcia. You got Ayuk ascending, Juwan Jennings emerging as a number three, George Kittle still an elite, elite tight end, Trent Williams, one of the best darn left tackles in the game. And now you got Debo Samuel back. Now I expect them to have a contract worked out shortly, but the fact that he's been here, absolutely amazing get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th hosted by kevin hart the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game tune in on may 5th at 5 p.m pacific time for the roast of tom brady live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. If you like what you're listening to, all right, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe. Hit subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Rate, review us. Fall One Fivers podcast. We talk 49er football all year round. Joe Shasky, Monte Hill on assignment, NBA Finals. I'm in a hotel here in Boston watching the Celtics and the Warriors duke it out in the uh, in the NBA Finals. The 49ers, meanwhile, are having mandatory OTAs out, and things are just plugging along so if you like what you hear if you're a big time 49er fan like i am man why are you not subscribed to this subscribe wherever you find podcasts the full one fivers podcast this is your go-to podcast for 49er football wherever you find them hit rate review all the good things that you do with a podcast let's keep on trucking now there was a rumor 
that was going around when it comes to the GM of the 49ers, John Lynch. John Lynch, obviously, is a guy who has been uh, a fantastic NFL player. We know that he played baseball when he was in college, could have been drafted into the big leagues. He obviously did television work once he got out. And now he's been the GM of the 49ers. And he was a fantastic broadcaster. And with the domino effect of all of the broadcasters switching spots this year in the offseason, Joe Buck leaving, Troy Aikman leaving, Chris Collinsworth staying with NBC, but now he's going to work with Tariko, Al Michaels going to Amazon, Kirk Herbstreit going over there. There was like all of this funny money being thrown around to all these broadcasters. And who ended up getting a phone call? But apparently John Lynch, the GM of the San Francisco 49ers, and he told basically all the reporters it was a stupid amount of money. $15 million is the report. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to turn down. And John Lynch is so damn good, and he has such a great perspective of just life. But also, if you got him in your booth as a broadcaster, he just he knows the NFL inside and out from a personnel standpoint, whether you think he's a great GM or not. He studies all these guys. He understands the inner workings of front offices and, and how to work those. So he's really good at, at, at that aspect of football. And then, obviously, he, he has major insights on schemes because he's watching these things all the time and has the insight of a player. So he's so tapped in. I think he would have made a brilliant, brilliant addition to any broadcast, but I'm really happy that he's still here. I'm very, very happy that he's still here. And I think it's really cool for the 49ers that he ended up turning down generational stupid money because he wants to see this thing through and win with Kyle Shanahan. It would have been a very coveted job. It would have been an interesting job to fill. I don't know how many people want to work with Kyle Shanahan. And I'm not knocking Kyle. I'm asking that question legitimately out loud because we know Kyle kind of runs things. Um, would they have elevated Adam Peters? I don't know. But I'm happy that John Lynch is back. And I think it's good for the 49ers that he's staying in-house. They've had a lot of different um, assistant coaches kind of leave the team. Robert Sala, McDaniels, take head coaching jobs, and they've lost coordinators. It's a lot of new moving parts. They have a new quarterback coach, Brian Greasy. It's good that the GM is staying because you want that consistency and solidified state for the San Francisco 49ers front office. Now you got Adam Peters staying John Lynch staying, Parag's been a, a mainstay for, for many, many years, and Kyle Shanahan obviously staying. I think those things are good for this team. And after losing in heartbreak fashion in the NFC Championship game, you got to believe that John Lynch wants to see this thing through. But $15 million is a lot of money. $15 million is a lot of money. And I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little surprised he didn't take it. So I'm glad that John Lynch is staying. Another person who came back, but he's not staying, and he signed on a one-day one deal to retire a 49er is all-time 49er legend Frank Gore. I mean, Frank Gore, number 21, drafted in the third round in 2005. A horrific draft if you really go back and look at it. Aaron Rodgers, awesome. DeMarcus Ware, awesome. Alex Smith, not so much. Marion Barber, who just recently passed away, very sad there. A really good player coming out of the fourth round. But Frank Gore, outside of Ware and Aaron Rodgers, probably the third best player, second best player coming out of that draft. It's debatable. Um, Frank Gore, all-time 49er legend, leader in the uh, in the 49er history in terms of rushing yards. And this is an organization that's got Joe the Jet Perry, John Henry Johnson, Roger Craig, Ken Willard. I mean, just some outstanding, outstanding 49er running backs over the years. Garrison Hurst. Um, and Frank Gore stands atop all of them. And he represents so much – to so many fans about my age who watch so many loser teams with a revolving door of offensive coordinators. 
ineptitude on defense, horrific quarterback play, no weapons on the outside. And you look up and this guy holds every record for running in a 49er uniform. It's it's impossible to really quantify to someone who didn't watch it what Frank Gore means to those OOs 49er teams before Harbaugh showed up. I mean, he was everything. And the thing that I always think about is had North Turner never left this team after the 1,700-yard season, what would have happened? You know, what would have happened for Alex Smith? What would have happened for Frank Gore? Where would his numbers have been if he didn't have such horrible uh, wide receiver play on the outside, horrible quarterback play, horrible offensive coordinator play? But the fact that he, through the test of time, stood here and he's the number two, number three overall NFL rusher, it's just an, a testament to the heart and soul of Frank Gore. Anybody who knows his backstory knows this guy basically raised his family, his grandmother, because his parents weren't alive and, and around in his life. He's got like 15 brothers and sisters. What he represented at the U as a fifth string running back at times before blowing both ACLs, ruining both of his shoulders. I mean, this guy was behind McGahee, Clinton Portis, Najee Davenport. I mean, the list goes on in terms of guys that he backed up at Miami. And the fact that he sits here atop all of those great running backs, Edrick James, and he's the guy with the most rushing yards – it goes to show the heart and soul of Frankie G and everything that he represents is class personified, which is what the old golden age 49ers all represent. Whether we go back to the Leo, the lion, Nomalini, Bob St. Clair, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, Montana, all the different guys you think of heart, soul, class personified and could have played in any era. Wasn't the fastest, wasn't the strongest, but he always churned out yards and was smart so, so, so smart. And I just wish he would have got that ring. And it's kind of sad that Frank Gore, Joe Staley, Patrick Willis, all these guys are now retired. I feel old, number one. But number two, I look back on their careers and I go, damn, they just, they never got that ring. And it just stings and it hurts and it sucks. And I think about all the years they wasted before Harbaugh showed up. Then I think of the heartbreak that they had those three straight years in the NFC Championship game. And it hurts even more that he didn't get that ring. And now everybody goes, what's your favorite Frank Gore play of all time? There's so many to, to choose from. But I always go back to one play. It's the 2013 in January of 2014 uh, wild card round, 49ers at the Frozen Tundra against Aaron Rodgers. It's third and nine. Frank Gore's in the backfield. And it's a play where his hands don't even touch the ball. It personifies what Frank Gore means as a football player. Kaepernick drops back in the shotgun. Frank Gore goes from one side of the formation to the other side to pick up a blitz, seals the block on the blitz because he was such an outstanding block, uh, a blitz picker-upper and blocker. And then Kaepernick scrambles for a first down. It puts the 49ers in position to kick a game-winning field goal. That's everything you need to know about Frank Gore. Heart, selflessness, making a play where there is no ball in your hand and no play to be made. Frankie G, all-time legend. I just wish he would have got the ball and then five yards to go in the Super Bowl. It's just it, it's my heart that he never ended up getting that Super Bowl ring. And now all these legends, 52, 53 Bowman, 74 Joe Staley, 21 Frank Gore. Now they're all being immortalized as legends, but they didn't get their ring. And I go back to this current crop of Niners. They got to get their ring. Like they got to get their ring because you look back and you go, woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I feel so bad for Frank, but it doesn't take away anything. And I'm glad that the organization brought him back, signed him on a one-day deal. He should have been retired at 49er. There's no doubt about it. No one should ever wear 21 ever again. All-time 
favorite running back in 49er history, without a doubt. I love you, Frank Gore, and I'm happy that the 49ers brought you back. And it's appropriate that you signed a one-year, a one-day deal and came back to this team. All right. If you like what you're listening to, hit subscribe, rate, review us, wherever you find podcasts. It's the 415ers 49er only podcast. Me and Bonte Hill. Bonte is on assignment. It's the NBA Finals time right now. And this is your number one one-stop shop con- uh, spot for all 49er content. And I'm telling you right now, the 49ers are going to be a huge story this year. So you're going to want to subscribe to them right now. They got a young quarterback on the Ascension. All eyes are going to be on him. You got a head coach going into year six, longest tenured head coach in 49ers history since Steve Mariucci. Just a lot going on. And I look at this team and I say to myself, is this team a team that has to win the NFC West to have an opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl? That's a question that I have right now. I'm just looking at this raw roster, and I'm saying to myself, all right, let's put the quarterback to the side. We don't know. We don't know what he's going to end up being. They stack up at every other position so well. They brought in Charvarius Ward uh, as a corner. The secondary was an issue for them last year. They bring back Verrett on a one-year deal, bring back Mosley. Um, it looks like they're going to go with Hufanga in the secondary. They're going to have Jimmy Ward again coming back. Linebackers look look very stout. Defensive line looks really top-notch. You're, you're hoping, obviously, Kinlaw can come back to, to full health. Drake Jackson can develop. But Bosa, Armstead, I mean, that's the strength of this team. It has been for quite some time. Defensive side is loaded, okay, loaded. I look at the offense. They got playmakers, weapons everywhere. They're loaded. Quarterback, we don't know. Offensive line, I don't know. Right now, if I just were to say, like, hey, where are the weak spots? Offensive line, quarterback, until we see what what happens. Like, I I think that's fair to be suspect on those. But I'm just looking around this, this NFC as a whole. And I feel like the 49ers have as good of a shot as anyone to win a Super Bowl. But I think it's going to be really hard to get that buy. There's only one buy right now. And I look around all of the NFC. And I'm saying to myself, on paper, as we look at all the mandatory OTAs that are going on right now, Niners are as good as anyone on paper. But they don't play the games on paper. And I'm monitoring the situation, obviously, in L.A. because that's the team to beat. Current Super Bowl champions, the L.A. Rams, they just paid Aaron Donald historic money this year to retain his services. Stafford had a surgery. He's not throwing right now. I got a feeling if the 49ers want to win the Super Bowl this year, they got to win the NFC West. Now, we're way ahead of ourselves. We'll we'll see what ends up happening right now. But I just like where they're at. They're the hungry team. I'm looking around. A lot of people feel fat and happy. I don't know really what's going on with Tampa Bay um, and Tom Brady because there's so many rumors going on with Tom Brady and post-retirement. He wants to play for the Dolphins. And I don't know. I don't know. I look at Green Bay. They lost their number one playmaker in Devontae Adams. So I've got my eyes solely focused on the L.A. Rams. And with so many things going on right now with them, I feel like you got to find a way to knock them off the catbird seat and make them play on the road or at least out of, of winning the division. That's got to be the goal for this team moving forward. And you hear Trent Williams talk about it. I heard Nick Bosa talk about it. I heard every single player talk about it. They got all pros across the board on this team for the 49ers. Dare I ask this question? Is this the most loaded 49er team since the 94 team? I'm asking it out loud. And you can tell me I'm crazy because I know that 2011 team was loaded. 2019 team was sneaky loaded, especially after the season played out. You didn't know you were going to get an all-pro season from Richard Sherman. Just heading into this year, is this the most confident you've been on paper about the 49er roster? And if that's the case, why shouldn't the expectations be NSC West or bust? Like, to me, that's 
that's where I should be gunning. I know there's all these extra playoff spots. You saw it last year. You exert all that energy in the wild card round, and you got to go all the way down to the NFC Championship game. It, it had to have affected them in that fourth quarter. So I think all is well with the 49ers right now. I'm looking at it. Young man Banks looks like he's going to play offensive line for them this year. We'll see what happens there. Trey Lance, obviously, that's the number one story. But I'm just looking at the rest of this roster, and they feel really solid across the board. Really solid across the board. So I'm so excited for them to get through these mandatory OTAs, take about a month off, and then get back at it at the end of July. This feels like one of the most potent, top-to-bottom, deep 49er teams that I can think of in a long time. They've got continuity in the front office. They've still got their play caller in Kyle Shanahan. They've lost some pieces in terms of some of the coaches. They've retinkered. I really like the Anthony Lynn acquisition just in terms of getting some of them from outside to the inside, maybe some new creative ideas. They've got some consistency with that defensive coordinator. Nine out of ten of those defensive players are carryovers from last year. I feel really good about where they're at right now. And if they can just stay healthy, everyone come together, and they can re-sign Debo Samuel at some point, I think all is well. The other thing that I'm going to be thinking about over the next couple of weeks, now that Aaron Donald has signed his money, are there other defensive linemen out there who might get paid who could affect the Nick Bosa money? We've talked so much about Debo Samuel and his potential contract and how the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of diluted free agency wide receivers spent money by overpaying for Christian Kirk. Is there a defensive lineman on a team right now who could get an extension that might maybe bring the price tag up for Nick Bosa because that player doesn't have the accomplishment, the pedigree, or the potential of a Nick Bosa? That's something that I'm very interested in. Obviously, we'll see what happens with the Jimmy G money, how they can you know, kind of rotate some of that money over from, from year to year and, and where they can put those guarantees. But right now, all is good in 49er land. Jimmy's off the field. He's not around. Trey's getting all them first-team reps. He's getting all the continuity with all the team, uh, the, the players and guys like that. Debo is, is with the team, but he's not necessarily practicing the seven-on-sevens. The contract should be coming. Nick Bosa practicing, says he's in the best shape of his life. Awesome. Trent Williams says he's in the best shape of his life. Awesome. They've got a deep stable of running backs. They've got weaponry left and right. George Kittle looks like he's 100% healed from last year's injuries. Defense looks loaded. What is there to be angry about in 49er land? Uh, NFC West or bust, here we come. I'm excited for this team. It's the most optimistic I've been in a long, long time. I'm feeling really, really, really good. We've got about three weeks of kind of some dull, you know, I call it drive town time until we get to the to the actual training camp. But I feel this is a really good time right now. And another thing I'm going to be looking for, when you go away from the facility, we heard last year, hey, Trey Lance, he shows up for the mandatory OTAs. We gave him a checklist of things to work on, and he came back, and they were very impressed. What is that checklist this time? Is it for him to work on his mechanics? Is it for him to gain some cerebral awareness on on, on – you know, post-snap, pre-snap. Like, I want to know what they've got him working on. I love that he's working with Steve Young. Steve Young came out at the Dwight Clark, um, you know, little ceremony that they had this last week, said that him and Trey have been working together. I mean, that's just music to my ears. I love hearing that. I love that the young man is willing to soak up the knowledge from Steve Young. I love what Steven represents as an ambassador of this team. It's just all is good right now for the 49ers. And I just have such a positive vibe around this team. It's refreshing. 
It's so refreshing. So I'm excited. I hope you guys like this episode. We're going to try to be a little more consistent with these. I know the NBA has kind of thrown things off because I got so many duties when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, but this is all about your 49ers. And if you really like what you're listening to, take the second out, hit subscribe, hit that bell, rate, review us. You can catch us wherever you catch uh, podcasts, 49er football podcast, the 415ers. I'm Joe Shasky. Bonte Hill's out on assignment. Mark Grandi, great work. I know you're ready to kill me. He's our producer. He is probably dying that I'm doing these long monologues and I'm never available to be able to record. We're going to make this more consistent for you, the listener. We're going to get back on sketchy. I promise that to you. Four or fivers, great review. Thank you guys for your time. We love you. Niner football's back.